0: Welcome to the election ride home for Friday, March 6th, 2020. I'm your host, Jackson Bird, with a summary of election news. Today, Biden is surging in national polls, numbers are close in some of the upcoming primary states, and why is it so many Black voters support Biden over Sanders? Here's what you missed today from the campaign trail. After being frozen the last few days while Super Tuesday results trickled in, 538's primary forecast is finally back, and Vice President Biden now has 7 in 8 odds, or an 87% chance, of winning more than half of pledged delegates. As a reminder for most of the campaign cycle thus far, the forecast has shown no one with the best odds of winning more than half of the delegates— and even after South Carolina, Biden was still only at about a 15% chance. For much of the campaign, Sanders was in the lead for winning a plurality, but now that projection also belongs to Biden, with 94% odds compared to Sanders's six. Wow. Nate Silver does urge us to temper our confidence in this poll, however, noting that California is still counting votes, and that the forecast model made educated guesses about where Warren and Bloomberg supporters would go. Despite that, Silver outlines several reasons why things are not looking good for Senator Sanders. Quote, Biden will probably get a bounce in the polls as a result of his Super Tuesday wins. The model's guess, accounting for its projected Super Tuesday bounce for Biden and the effects of Bloomberg and Warren dropping out, is that he's currently ahead by the equivalent of six or seven points in national polls. So although momentum could shift back towards Sanders later on, it may get worse for him in the short run. Some of Sanders' best states, California, Nevada, have already voted, and the upcoming states generally either aren't good for him or have relatively few delegates. In fact, given how broadly Sanders lost on Super Tuesday, including in northern states such as Minnesota, Massachusetts, and Maine, it's hard to know where his strengths lie other than among young progressives and Hispanics, who are not large enough groups to constitute a winning coalition in most states. Conversely, it's easy to identify places where Sanders will likely lose badly to Biden. Our model has Biden winning a net of about 85 delegates over Sanders in Florida on March 17th, where Sanders' polling has been terrible, and a net of about 35 delegates in Georgia, which votes on March 24th. Silver continues, The one potential opening for Sanders is that the recent volatility in the polls could imply further volatility in the days and weeks ahead. This is one thing we looked at while the model was off over the past couple of days. Is recent polling volatility predictive of future volatility? I'm skipping a bunch of steps here, but the basic answer is yes. There are short-run spikes of volatility in the polls, just as there are short-run spikes of volatility in the stock market. We've now implemented code reflecting this in the model, which slightly improves Sanders' chances relative to what they would have been otherwise. End quote. Getting slightly away from the point for a minute, I did love this one line from Nate Silver when talking about all of the other ways the model could be wrong in Sanders' favor. He said, quote, the model does not account for other real world contingencies, such as Biden dropping out because of a health problem, end quote. This is something I haven't been able to get out of my head. We've got two candidates in their late 70s who are traveling all over the nation, shaking hundreds of hands every day. Do you see where I'm going with this? I mean, I in no way want to wish illness on either candidate or or anyone else, but I do hope that both campaign teams have been thinking about preventative measures and contingency plans. But that is enough of my COVID-19 paranoia. Let's get back to politics. A new morning consult poll published this afternoon is the first national poll taken since Senator Warren officially dropped out of the race, and it shows Vice President Biden with a 16-point lead over Senator Sanders. Quoting Morning Consult, the latest Morning Consult poll tracking the race found 54% of Democratic primary voters nationwide identified him as their first choice, putting him in front of Senator Bernie Sanders, his chief remaining rival, by 16 percentage points. The survey of 1,390 Democratic primary voters was conducted on Thursday after Senator Elizabeth Warren ended her campaign. The poll has a three point margin of error. End quote. The poll shows the continued generational divide between the candidates, quote, 70% of voters age 45 and up are supporting Biden, compared with 57% of voters on the other side of that age divide backing Sanders, end quote. A new Reuters-Ipsos poll, which came out yesterday, shows similar results, though this one was conducted before Warren left the race, quoting Reuters, In the March 4-5 poll released on Thursday, 55% of registered Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents said they would support Biden for the Democratic nomination if the only other choice was U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont. Another 45% said they would vote for Sanders, end quote. The poll has a five-point margin of error, Given the option of all four of the candidates still in the running when the poll was conducted, so Biden, Sanders, Warren, and Gabbard, 45% of Democrats chose Joe Biden, while 32 chose Bernie Sanders. Quoting The Hill, the recent increase shows a 24-point swing over the same poll from nine days ago when Sanders had opened up an 11-point lead over Biden. End quote. So that is quite the dramatic change over one week. The Hill also adds, quote, The previous Reuters-Ipsos survey found Sanders catching up to Biden among black voters, but Biden won about two-thirds of the black vote on Super Tuesday, helping him clinch massive victories in Virginia, North Carolina, and Alabama, end quote. Some more interesting findings from the Reuters-Ipsos survey, quoting The Hill, The poll found that Sanders is the top second choice among Warren supporters at 30%, but Biden is close behind at 25%. A majority of Democrats, 54%, view Biden as having the best chance at defeating President Trump against only 25% who said Sanders. Sanders was viewed as the most electable candidate in the same poll from late February. 46% of Democrats said choosing the most electable candidate against Trump is their top issue, and healthcare falls at a distant second at only 14%. End quote. While the morning consult poll was conducted since Warren dropped out, she has yet to officially endorse anyone and there doesn't seem to be a huge consensus among her supporters one way or the other, so we'll see how that affects things as time goes on. But one thing is for sure, a lot has flipped upside down in a very short amount of time. On Tuesday, Idaho, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, and Washington will all be headed to the polls, and seven more states and territories will be voting in Democratic primaries throughout the rest of March. So let's check in on how things are looking in a few of those states. Arizona will be voting on the 17th, St. Patrick's Day, and earlier this week, public policy polling conducted a survey asking voters who they would vote for in Biden versus Trump and Sanders versus Trump elections. In their poll, which has a margin of error of 3.8, it is very close. In the case of Biden versus Trump, 48% would vote for Biden, while 47% would vote for Trump. If Sanders is the nominee, 46 would vote for him and 47% would vote for Trump. This was a bipartisan poll, not just polling Democratic voters, but I will note that only 45% of respondents said they approve of President Trump's job performance. Quoting Public Policy Polling, Public Policy Polling has been arguing that the key to this fall's election is whether voters who oppose Trump come together around the eventual Democratic nominee, and the polls in Maine and Arizona really exemplify that. Voters who are undecided in Biden-Trump give Trump a 6% approval rating to 57% of voters who disapprove of him. Voters who are undecided in Sanders Trump give Trump a 2% approval rating to 68% of voters who disapprove of him. If the undecideds voted based on whether they approve of Trump or not, Biden and Sanders would each come out ahead 52 to 48 in Arizona. There are not enough voters out there who like Trump for him to get reelected. His only path is for Sanders backers to refuse to vote Biden, or for Biden backers to refuse to vote Sanders if their candidate of choice doesn't win the Democratic nomination. The race is going to be a toss-up even if anti-Trump voters don't fully come together, but it may not even end up being that close if they do come together. End quote. Emerson College and NextStar Media conducted a poll of Democratic voters in Missouri who vote on Tuesday and found that it will be a tight race between Sanders and Biden. The poll shows Biden at 48% and Sanders at 44%, but with a margin of error of 4.7, this is pretty close to a tie. The poll was conducted on March 4th and 5th before Senator Warren dropped out. Emerson College polling notes, quote, Warren supporters were asked who their second-choice candidates are. A majority, 53%, said that Sanders was their second choice, followed by 32% who said Biden was their second choice, 5% chose Gabbard, and 10% were undecided as to who their second-choice candidate will be. Continuing from Emerson College polling, of voters under the age of 50, 66% support Sanders, compared to 27% who support Biden. And of voters 50 and older, 70% support Biden and 21% support Sanders. Among white voters, it is a tight race as both Biden and Sanders receive 47% of support, while among non-white voters, Biden leads with 50% support, followed by Sanders at 36%, end quote. This poll also looked at income level with Sanders leading 52% to Biden's 42% among voters earning household incomes of less than $50,000 a year, and Biden leading 63% to Sanders' 31, with voters earning household incomes over $100,000 a year. For those in between $50,000 and $100,000, the two candidates were at roughly equal support. This poll also found that 43% of likely Democratic voters in Missouri support Medicare for All, while 27% support the public option, and that 75% of voters say they have already made up their minds on who they are going to vote for. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? (laughs) Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. From the polls, the Super Tuesday results, and anecdotally, it is evident that Black voters largely support Joe Biden over Bernie Sanders. This is doubly true when you look at older black voters and or southern black voters. These are all demographics with whom Biden is generally performing better than Sanders. Blair L.M. Kelly, in an op-ed for NBC News, said of Biden's victory in South Carolina, quote, Since Biden's reversal was powered by support from the overwhelming majority of black voters in a state with a very black Democratic electorate, pundits immediately began to frame these southern black voters as moderates who chose Biden for his relatively cautious stances on health care and taxes in comparison to Sanders and Warren's bolder platforms. Less generous Bernie supporters dismissed black voters as low-information voters, casting ballots against their interests. On Monday night, filmmaker and avid Sanders surrogate Michael Moore outright dismissed South Carolina Democrats as red state voters who aren't representative of the American electorate. Kelly continued, It was reported that Democratic Party leaders were working behind the scenes to find an alternative to Sanders, a Democratic socialist who has long labeled himself an independent. But black voters like the ones who pushed Biden to big victories in South Carolina, and then in Virginia, Alabama, and North Carolina, aren't the establishment, and it would be a mistake to characterize them as moderate, or even, as certain pundits maintain, somewhat conservative. Rather than placing these votes along a straight continuum between the left and the right, it would be better to think about black voters in their own particular contexts. For most of these voters, the main concern isn't the radicalism of their chosen primary candidate, but the recklessness of the current president. Removing Trump is their primary, and in some cases only, concern. And black voters over 45 have lived long enough to see the history made by Obama, but also have an even longer memory of the disappointment and shortcomings of candidates who failed. They've surveyed the polarized political landscape and bitterly divided Congress, and they doubt that a Sanders-style political revolution is even a remote possibility in an age when just voting to fund the government is regularly up for debate. End quote. Writing for the New York Times, Mara Gay said, quote, My friends in New York, many of them Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders supporters who see Mr. Biden as deeply uninspiring, were mystified. But after traveling through the South this past week, though, I began to understand. Through Southern eyes, this election is not about policy or personality. It's about something much darker. Not long ago, these Americans lived under violent, anti-democratic governments, now, many there say they see in President Trump and his supporters the same hostility and zeal for authoritarianism that marked life under Jim Crow. For those who lived through the trauma of racial terrorism and segregation, or grew up in its long shadow, this history haunts the campaign trail, and Mr. Trump has summoned old ghosts. End quote. In a reminder that Black voters, like all voting blocs, are not a monolith, Kelly continued in NBC News, The entire Black constituency is not unified behind Biden, however. There's a significant generational split, with many younger voters backing Sanders. These younger voters grew up in the shadow of new possibilities presented by Obama's victories. For them, the first election they participated in, or can even recall, was an election of phenomenal change, where a Black candidate defied all expectations to win back-to-back terms as president. These are voters who know that hope has worked and believe it can work again, so they're open to Sanders' critiques of the high costs of college and income inequality, and they agree there's an urgent need for change. End quote. Kelly notes that there's still time for Sanders to make inroads with black communities if his team can replicate the same effective ground game they used to recruit a diverse intersection of Latino voters, With several state primary elections coming up with sizable African-American voting blocks that polls are expecting Biden to win, the window of opportunity is closing, but definitely still there. And that is the election roundup for the day. As always, you can find Election Ride Home on Twitter at Election Podcast or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Election Ride Home. Thank you all for listening and have a great weekend. (laughs) We'll be right back. <laughs> back.